Hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, humans of all shapes, sizes, colours and creeds, welcome to Reggie's Urban Retreat. Thanks for choosing to listen. If you're returning, thank you so much for sticking with me. And if you're new here, you're more than welcome. Hello there. I hope you're all happy and well. Living your best life. I hope you all had a wonderful week. Mine was pretty average, to be fair. Just work and the usual boring life stuff. Oh, I did get to see the grandkids yesterday. That was awesome. It always is. Always puts a smile on my face. Now that's a big hello to Thomas and Sam. Love you, boys. Now, there is something I'd like to say before we carry on. I realise episode one wasn't brilliant. In fact, I'm brutally honest with myself, it was bloody awful. There were things I wanted to say and I didn't. There were things I said I wished I hadn't. It was a shambles, to be fair. But, I do say, Rome wasn't built in a day. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And as my missus said, the wise words of Mrs. Reggie, stop being an arse and get on with it. And I certainly think that's a sentiment we can all get behind. Anyway, so, if you have listened to... Uh, episode one and return thanks so much for sticking with me i'm gonna get better and better i promise i will or at least i'll try and if it's your first time here you can go and listen to episode one if you really want to but you're not missing much and i'm not exactly good at this self-promotion thing am i what i really meant to say was it's the best podcast you'll ever hear it's excitement from start to finish <laughs> i could probably get done on the trade description act for that Main thing is, I enjoyed making it. The whole process of making it, putting it together, recording it, getting it out there. It's certainly helping with my anxiety and it's pushing me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. I am still struggling with nerves a bit and talking into a microphone, it's, it's odd. Uh, it, it's kind of weird. Even though nobody's watching me, I still feel nervous about it. But... I'm not going to give up, I'm going to keep going, and hopefully this might encourage somebody else out there to pick up a microphone and give it a go. I mean, if you listened to episode one and thought to yourself, good God, I could do better than that, and to be fair, you probably could, then go for it. Give it a go, you might enjoy it. If you did listen to episode one, then you'd know that the whole reason for me doing this is to help with my mental health, and hopefully help other people who are struggling with theirs at the moment. If you are finding things a bit tricky at the moment, get in touch, drop me an email on the Facebook group. Or I've got, I've got a, a Twitter page as well, Twitter or X or Twix or whatever the bloody hell it's called. Anyway, if you are struggling, get in touch. I don't, I'm no expert, but I'm a good listener. I did have Mrs. Reggie to help me through mine, and not everybody has somebody. So please, don't be alone. Don't suffer. Get in touch. Talk to someone or get in touch. Okay, I think that's enough seriousness for one episode. Now, I'm going to have a moan now. Mrs. Reggie will tell you that I'm a grumpy son and that I'm constantly moaning about things I see on TV or things that have happened at work. Just generally a moany git. But of all the things that irritate me, this thing that I'm going to talk about next, is, it drives me absolutely crackers. And it happened yesterday. 
So I was out yesterday morning, taking Sully for his morning constitution. We get to the traffic lights, and I press the button across the road. Whilst I'm waiting to cross the road, somebody comes and stands next to me and presses the button. Now, that in itself is quite annoying. I mean, why do they think I'm stood there in the first place? Do they think I've got some sort of psychic power where I can change the lights without pressing the button? Anyway, they've pressed the button, which is fair enough. Okay, I'll let that pass. But then they proceed to press the button rapidly, constantly just pressing, 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 pressing. And then the lights change. And you see this sort of smug expression go across the face. And you can see them thinking to themselves, oh, I did that because I pressed the button really quickly. That, I'm afraid to tell you, is not how traffic lights work. You don't have a magic finger. And you pressing the button at a million miles an hour is not going to influence how quick the lights change one iota. And if you are one of those people, please, please, for the love of all that is holy, just stop doing it. Okay, now I've had my little rant and I've got that off my chest. I've unfortunately got an apology to make. If you have listened to episode one, then you remember, and I did say that this episode was going to be about the Darwin Awards. Well, unfortunately, there's been a technical issue, and the Darwin Awards will have to be on a future episode. I'm really sorry, but I managed to delete what I'd already done, and I, I couldn't get it back. So, I apologise. But fear not, if you are wanting to hear about the Darwin Awards, It'll definitely be in a future episode, maybe next week or possibly the week after. So once again, my sincere apologies. But instead of the advertised episode, we're going to be having a little dive into the weird and wonderful world of British place names. Now I know there's some obvious ones like Cockermouth and Ramsbottom, but these aren't so well known, and for good reason to be fair. So let's get on with it. Actually, before we do get on with it, I must uh, issue a little warning. Some of these villages are... How can I put this? Uh, the names are quite colourful. Probably not suitable for persons of a delicate disposition. And certainly not children. Right then, having said that, let's indeed get on with it. Okay, we're going to start in the beautiful ceremonial county of Dorset in southwest England. It's bordered by Somerset, Wiltshire, and the northeast Hampshire to the east. There's the Isle of Wight across the Solent and the English Channel to the south and Devon to the west. It's a beautiful place. I've been there many times myself. I mean, it's got the Jurassic Coast World Heritage Site there, which is absolutely beautiful. It's got notable landforms such as Lulworth Cove, the Isle of Portland, Chisel Beach and Durdledore. Now, in this wonderful place, there is a little hamlet and its name is Shitterton. The name apparently dates back at least a thousand years and means farmstead on the stream used as an open sewer absolutely delightful 
The name's been recorded in the Doomsday Book as Scatera or Setera, a Norman French rendering of an old English name derived from the word skeet, meaning dung. And this word, was, uh, this word has also become uh, quite popular in the English language, and we all know why. I've been to the Jurassic Coast a few times, and it's absolutely beautiful. But I've never been to Shitterton. I may have to put it on my uh, list of things to do. Now, we're moving from Dorset to the parish of Bursay on the mainland of Orkney in Scotland. Now, the name of this place apparently originates from the Old Norse to vet, meaning small parcel of land. The Norse word in English translates as thwaite. Put up there in Scotland, it's twat. Yes, that's right. Believe it or not, there is a place in Orkney called twat. Now, it's spelt T-W-A-double-T, so it's not quite the same as the beloved swear word, but it's close enough, I think. Now, you would think one place called twat would be enough for anybody, <laughs> but not the Scots. They've also got a place called twat in Shetland. I do have to say that Scotland is a beautiful country. My favourite city is in Scotland, and it's Edinburgh. It's just such a gorgeous place. Now, we're going to journey back down south now to Essex. Now, Essex has got its fair share of silly names, places like Steeple Bumstead and Ugly, to name just two. But there is a village just south of Colchester that every teenager in Essex will know, and I'm sure will have made jokes about. Just half a mile south of Colchester is the village of Fingering Ho. According to the University of Nottingham, the name probably means hill spur of the dwellers on the finger of land. And certainly not the same meaning as what giggling teenagers may think. Now, the next village we're going to visit may be known to you because it was used in a car commercial. It's in the East Riding of Yorkshire and six miles west of Driffield. And it is the wonderfully named Wet Wang. Now, as far as I can tell, there are two interpretations of the name. One's from the Old Norse, Viet Vanger, or Field for the Trial of Illegal Action. And the other theory is that it was the wet field, which is the opposite to the dry field at Driffield. Far too many fields for my liking there. Now, I believe we have Douglas Adams to thank for its rude connotations, as he used it in his book, The Meaning of Lith. I'm trying to remember which car company used it in their advert. I'm thinking it was Darcher, but I'm not too sure. Let me know if you can remember. We're going back up to Scotland now. Well, they do love their rude place names in Scotland, don't they? Uh, this one's in Aberdeenshire, and it's near to the village of Newmacher. That's N-E-W-M-A-C-H-A-R. I think it's pronounced Newmacher. And it's the settlement of Broken Wind. Sounds like an Indian chief to me. Now, it's thought that the uh, name of this village has come from the old Scottish word Brockenwind after the Scots word for a narrow, curving path jutting off a mainland. I have to say, it doesn't sound very Scottish. It sounds more Native American to me. OK, moving on, we're going across the water now, and we're going to Ireland and to County Donegal. And near the mouth of the River Foyle, where the Irish border meets the sea, there's a town called Muff. Apparently, it's a very popular village. Uh, they have a Muff festival every year. And if you think things couldn't get any worse, well, they could, because they also have a muff 
diving club. Seriously, you couldn't make this stuff up. Oh, we aren't getting about the UK today because we're now off to Cornwall and specifically the parish of Peranzabulo, I think that's pronounced. Forgive me if you live in this place and I've just butchered its name. I do apologise. But that should be the least of your worries considering there's a hamlet there called Cox. Well, apparently this lovely hamlet's been plagued over the years by people nicking the village sign. So much so that the council tried to get the name changed to Cox, spelt C-O-X, but failed. It also has its fair share of accidents with people crashing with whilst distracted by the sign, especially as some people have graffitied the word fat or hard next to the village name. I wonder if Cox is where all the posh knobs live. Well, we're off to Gravesend in Kent now, and to the little village of Fong. The name Fong first appears around 1200, where it appears in something called the Registrum Refence, whatever that is. And there are some people who think that the name may come from the German Dwenge, meaning trap, but apparently this isn't confirmed. Fong is frequently on the list of unusual place names, and it also appeared as a question answer for the Round Britain quiz on Radio 4. Oh, posh. Right, we're off to Devon now, another one of my favourite places. Uh, and this village is located on the edge of Dartmoor in the parish of Buckland. It's approximately a mile from the village of Yevelton, and it's near the city of Plymouth and five miles from Tavistock. And it's the wonderfully named Crapstone. Apparently in 2007, Crapstone was used as the name of the village in a television advert for the RAC. And local residents started a protest group on the social network in Facebook complaining that the village used in the television advert was not actually Crapstone, but an imposter. I mean, fair play to them. If somebody's going to take the mickey out of your village name, you at least want them to use your village. Now, the last village on my lift, on my lift, I think I mean list, is in God's own county, and that's Yorkshire, specifically Swaledale in North Yorkshire, and we are in the village of Crackpot. Its name apparently derives from the Old English cracker, meaning crow, and the Viking word pot, usually a pit or deep hole, often in the bed of a river. But they think that this might refer to a hole or a rift in the limestone. Well, that concludes our little trip around the wonderful and weird names of uh, British villages. Well, I'd like to give an honourable mention to a couple of places that I found from them uh, further afield. Places such as Swastika in Ontario, Canada. We've got a place called Intercourse in Pennsylvania, USA. There is a place called Beaverlick in Kentucky. Uh, there's a place in Denmark called Middlefart, and there is a place in Austria, I have to be very careful how I deal with this particular word, let's just say it rhymes with ducking, and I'm sure there are many, many more weird and wonderful names out there, and who knows, maybe I'll revisit the topic in the future. Well, that's about it for this episode, thanks again for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it slightly amusing. It was good fun doing the research for it, I have to say. And I'm going to tootle off now and do the research for uh, the next episode, which is going to be the crazy world 
of Weird World Records. And believe me, from what I've read so far, there are some very strange people in this world. And before I do go, I've got a couple of thank yous I want to uh, issue out. First thank you is to Nick, who helped me with the logo and uh, a few other things on this podcast. And also to my lovely wife. Thanks for sticking by me. And uh, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for you. Once again, just to reiterate, if you want to get in touch, please do. Reggie's Urban Retreat at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and uh, Twitter or X or Twix or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it Twitter because I, I don't think they should have changed the name of it. Just Elon Musk and his huge ego. Well, once again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, before I go, I've got a little dad joke for you. What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag's a big plus. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. See ya!